أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والليل إذا يغشى والنهار إذا تجلى وما خلق الذكر والأنثى إن سعيكم لشتى فأما من أعطى واتقى وصدق بالحسنى فسنيسره لليسرى وأما من بخل واستغنى وكذب بالحسنى فسنيسره للعسرى وما يغني عنه ماله إذا تردى إن علينا للهدى وإن لنا للآخرة والأولى فأنذرتكم نارا تلظى لا يصلها إلا الأشقى الذي كذب وتولى وسيجنبها الأتقى الذي يؤتي ما له يتزكى وما لأحد عنده من نعمة تجزى إلا ابتغاء وجه ربه العلى ولسوف يرضى صدق الله العظيم Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to our program, Exploring the Quran. A program in which we search for those gems that will strengthen our faith and relationship and connection with our Lord. Those beautiful moral imperatives, moral teachings that will strengthen and make our character strong. And those gems that will enlighten and give us wisdom for our spiritual development. So today, we heard just now Suratul Layl, a beautiful, melodious recitation by Imam uh, Khurram Rafiq. And uh, let me present you uh, the translation of this, uh, and then inshallah we'll have a question and further commentary on it. I begin with the name of Allah, the kind, the caring. By the night as it conceals, by the day as it reveals, by the male and the female he created. Indeed, your works are different from each other's. Now, it's interesting here. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, as is the custom with most of uh, Makkan surahs, begins and opens the surah with oaths. Allah swears, by the night as it covers, and the day as it manifests, reveals, makes things clear before us. So, night and day, two opposites, okay, contrasting. And then, and what Allah created of the male and the female. Again, two opposites, two complementary creations of Allah. So Allah takes oath of effectively two pairs, uh, two complementary 
uh, amazing phenomena in our universe, night and day, man and woman, male and female. Of course, you know, by taking these very important oaths, nobody can deny the night and the darkness, the pitch darkness of the night and the brightness uh, and, and, uh, of, of the day, neither the reality of the male nor the reality of the female. These are real things, you know, as the Quran is saying. By, after taking this oath, I accept the night. Of course it's truth. The day is truth. The man is a truth. The woman is a truth. So is your efforts, your works, your enterprises, they're all very diverse. They're all very different. SubhanAllah. I hope you understand that. Allah says, the night is the truth, the day is the truth, the male is a truth. The male is a truth, okay? The male is a truth. It's not a fake thing. It's a real thing. So is the female, a real thing. Do you accept that? Of course. They are truths. And then Allah says, so this is the Jawabi Qasam, you know, this is the substantive claim. Of course, your efforts, your enterprises, your works are also very diverse. Just as the night and the day, the male and female, there is diversity. It's just amazing. You know, I, I think, you know, here we're invited to accept diversity. In, in the creation of Allah. You want to say something, Akim? Yeah, so in the UK, there's many multiple cultures, multiple different society of culture that people have. So how can we measure the length of someone's goodness? I think what, uh, what Akim is trying to say is that the, yes, diversity in the creation of Allah is manifest, mm -hmm. but within the humans, there's so much diversity in our language, in our color, in like Allah mentioned in our works. Is there any criteria by which we can uh, measure uh, what is acceptable in the sight of God? And Great, and, and that is precisely what Surah Al-Layl is going to inshallah tell us, okay? And that, that is the theme of the Surah Al-Layl. You know, in, in a way Allah is saying, I've created the diversity. You know, you know by diversity, it's, it's, it's a buzzword nowadays, you know, in, um, in, in we're passing through this climate crisis, um, you know, which is threatening uh, our life on this planet, in fact, and it's destroying, um, the, uh, you know, Allah's creation. Uh, the, the, the scientists believe there are 8.3 million plus 1.3, no, 8.7 million plus uh, or, or minus 1.3 million. In other words, possibly 10 million living species of animals and plants. And so just imagine that number, eh? What, how diverse, eh? And every one of them has its place in the biosystem and in the ecosystem. If one goes missing, the whole chain, food chain, of some species will be disrupted to such an extent that it will actually destroy them. It is such a closely knit, closed, amazing system, to be honest. It's just amazing. That is biodiversity, we call it. But there is diversity within the human, we, 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 you know, I think the latest figure is there's about 8 billion human beings. And every human being is unique, special, and there is no one like them. Okay, there's no one like them. 
That is how diverse you know, humanity is. And then, you know, we, you know, we think that you know, we who are living in Britain, um, we are Brits, we speak English, we have one culture. No, no, no. Uh, we have many cultures. Uh, we have many religions. Uh, you know, we have uh, many ways of living. You know, we are diverse. And within our household, and even sitting here, every one of us here, has a different enterprise in their mind at this moment. We all have different targets in our lives, okay? And as though the Quran in many ways is celebrating that diversity. So, you know, we, alhamdulillah, you know, this is a beautiful theme in the Quran of diversity. And, and it's repeated many times. And in one place, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you know, Allah says that, uh, if Allah wanted, he could have made you ummatan wahida. If Allah wanted, he could have made you into all <laughs> with one belief, one color, one types of people. But that would be a boring world. <laughs> Allah didn't do that. Allah has created this amazing, diverse world. So, you know, diversity is to be celebrated. Diversity is really the crux of the strength uh, of the biosystem as well. When you take away that diversity, it can't function. So it's something which is as though the Quran is saying, you know, it's a principle on which my universe is working. But I'll tell you something, you know, how do I, as the Lord of this amazing universe, how do I measure the goodness of somebody? How do I do it? What is the criteria that I use to measure Subhanallah. You know, so here we're trying to understand the divine mind in a way. What does Allah think about and how does Allah measure? What is the criteria that Allah uses to measure someone's goodness? How is it? Well, in the next verses, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, you know, Allah says that, you know, Allah says, man bil husna. The one who is a giver, the one who gives, okay? Wattaqa is conscious, aware, attentive, awake. To his Lord. Okay? And what else? And he affirms, confirms beauty, goodness. Wherever he sees goodness, he appreciates it and values it. Subhanallah. So, uh, you know, Allah says, oh, you know, I'm, I'm telling you who is good in my sight. What a beautiful way to, in a way, that's what it is saying, you know, who's good in, you know, the world is so diverse. So are you, are you going to base your judgment on the color of people or their language or anything else? No, I'll tell you the criterion. The criterion or the criteria are these. Those who are givers, those who are, he's moti, he's a giver, he's. And who else? Wattaqa. God conscious, God aware, pious, okay? And what else? Saddaqa bil husna. Wherever he sees beauty, he confirms it. So what happens to these people? Allah says, you know what happens to them? Is, fasano yassiruhu lili yusra. We're going to smoothen their path. <laughs> We're going to make their work easy. We're going to make their work Subhanallah. So, you know, this is really very beautiful. And, and then it follows it up by Allah says, 
But the one who is bakhil, miserly, uh, and, you know, he is unwilling to spend the wealth and the potential and the goodness and the talents that he has. He's unwilling to spend them. So what does it, that, that's what a bakhil is really. Bakhil is somebody who doesn't even spend on himself. So that's how wretched it is. It's not just greedy. You know, that's a, greed is shuh, something else. Bakhil, you know, bukhla and miserliness is even worse because you don't even spend it on yourself, okay? That is how, you know, uh, uh, you, know, sell, uh, you know, how wretched. That's what the proper word for it is. It's, it's unlucky, unfortunate, and wretched a person is, you know, not even to spend on themselves. He's bakhil. So, he thinks he's independent. He regards himself as a independent. I don't need Allah. I don't need my Lord. I don't need my creator. I don't need my sustainer. That is how mustaghni he thinks he is. He thinks he's independent of the Lord. And thirdly, وَقَزَّبَ بِالْحُسْنَى When he sees beauty, goodness, and virtue, qazzaba, denies them, rejects them, condemns them, stays away from abandons them. He doesn't, he's not bothered about beauty and goodness then. You know, can you see the contrast between those three things? You know, the, 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 the giver and here, the bakhil. Mu'ti and bakhil, the giver and the one who is miserly. The one who is conscious of God, muttaqi. And here, he regards himself independent of God. He re- ignores and, and, and is not willing to accept that, you know? And thirdly, this person is always appreciative, valuing, thankful, and can see the beauty. Whilst this is doing what? Even if it's beautiful, he denies it. Okay? As though, can you see the direct contrast? You know, this is the beauty of the Quran. It's, it gives us the three criteria of a, 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 a good person. And if you didn't understand that, Allah tells us the opposite. You know, good dictionaries do what when they're defining a word, particularly a, 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 an, an intangible kind of definition uh, or a word that is not easy to understand. It's not a name of something, you know. The Quran always gives, if it's an abstract kind of idea or a concept, it always gives the opposite of it, okay? To clarify, can you see the beauty of the Quran? You know, that this is the balance and this is the, the clarity of it. It is absolutely very clear. So people, you know, who say, you know, Quran is difficult to understand, I, I think you need to really go to, um, uh, to the translations that are accessible in plain and easy to understand. So it is easy to understand because Allah says, وَلَقَدْ يَسْرْنَ الْقُرْآنَ لِلذِّكْرِ We made the Qur'an easy for understanding. We made the Qur'an easy for memorizing. We made the Qur'an easy to actually be understood. All right. So, um, so here is you know, amazing criteria that Allah gives of uh, who can be, who is good in the sight of God? Well, you know, the Quran does something else as well. If you didn't quite understand what we've said, all right, we're going to explain it to you. It says, um, 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 it, it goes on to explain, 
Uh, well, you know, the first thing is, what happens to the people who have these positive qualities? Their life is smooth. You know, we, today we hear people complaining about life is difficult. There are problems everywhere. Eh? Um, you know, we have um, depression is so common out there in the society. And yet Allah says, We're going to make their life yusra. We're going to make their life smooth. Okay? But, but there is so much difficulties. Why do we have those? Well, did you see the other one? The one who is bakhil, the one who feels independent, the one who ignores his Lord, the one who is unappreciative, unthankful. What happens to him? Their life is going to be problematic. It is going to have depression. It is going to have despair. It is going to have distress in it. Okay? So, you know, I, I hope you can see the Quran. It doesn't just tell us symptoms. It actually provides us with the medicine as well. Uh, it doesn't just, uh, you know, uh, make proclamations, but actually leads to, uh, helps us to motivate and inspires us to actually live by them by telling us the fruits of those good actions. Okay, so it's not just telling us, you know, give. What will you get in? Because we human beings have that tendency, what will I get out of it? Isn't that true? So Allah knows our psychology. He says, well, you will get a great deal out of it. You're going to have a smooth life. You're going to be able to cope with the tragedies and the hardships and the difficulties of life. You're going to have that and we are going to make sure it's going to be smooth for you. But if you are bakhil and if you are mustaghni and if you are denier of beauty and goodness and unwilling to be thankful and appreciative of good out there, then you're going to have a hard time, okay? So, uh, and, and then, you know, the Quran says, uh, this is really interesting. The, the next is almost a commentary on it. Our role, Allah says, is to provide guidance, subhanAllah. You know, Allah says, look, I'm going to guide you. I'm going to guide you. The hereafter and the world are ours. This is mine, okay? I am the owner of this. I have warned you about the raging fire where the wicked will burn, who denied and turned away, but the one who was mindful. So, you know, the Quran is the book of Allah. Allah is the mighty Lord. Um, and he can talk in a very harsh way because he is the owner, okay? No one can question that. But, you know, when the Prophet ﷺ speaks, how does he speak? Gently. How is the preacher supposed to speak? Gently, right? Because we don't have that divine prerogative. Allah is the creator, therefore he can speak in that way. He says, look, I've warned you. I'm warning you that there is a raging fire if you don't do what I want you to do. And if you don't, you know, come on my path. I'm going to sort you out, all right? And that is the divine prerogative. So don't take it in, you know, uh, you know, you must understand that. That's really important. And then, all right, you still haven't understood, have you, the criteria for goodness and for bad and evil? You haven't understood it, have you? Come, I'll give you a real life example. Real life? Subhanallah. You know, I hope you can see, you know, the Quran gives the theory it makes those, you know, it gives those teachings. 
And then it actually provides real life examples. Just as we saw in Surah Ash-Shams, you know, after saying, فَأَلْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا وَتَقْوَاهَا You haven't understood it, have you? But Makkans, you know, you walk past those ruins of the people of Samud. How many times have you walked past them? Abu Jahal, Abu Lahab, Abu Sufyan. How many times have you passed? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Eh? Don't you understand? And same here. You know, Allah is again saying, don't you know what this pious, this thankful, uh, and this gracious person is? I'll tell you who it is. It is, That's Abu Bakr. Who is it? Come on, we give, you know, Mufassirin say that here. Allah is drawing our attention to one of the most pious, one of the most illustrious disciple of all. Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu an. Allah says, you know, he's going to be saved from that hellfire. He's atqa, the most God-fearing. Okay? He spends his wealth in order to purify himself in order to develop himself spiritually and morally. And then, He's not spending wealth because he owes favors okay, to others. In other words, he's not indebted to anybody. He's not doing it because he owes a debt and therefore he's giving other people. Or he wants honor, or he wants status, or he wants a position in society. No. He gives it. Why? Abu Bakr is giving his wealth to free the slaves, to, to rescue the, the oppressed, and to stand up and speak up out against those tyrants, Abu Jahl, Abu Lahab, and Mughira, and so on. He's standing up. What for? Seeking the pleasure of his mighty and exalted Lord. And so what? Soon we are going to make him happy. Subhanallah. I hope you can see, you know, the Quran has given us the criteria of the person who Allah loves, Allah likes. In other words, Allah wants us to be like so that our lives will be smooth. And what are those three criteria? Giver, okay? Pious, conscious, aware person, okay? Not drunk and intoxicated and thoughtless and lost, okay? Aware, awake person. And thirdly, the one who is thankful, appreciative. Amazing, eh? What an amazing qualities to have, really. You ask any coach, life coach, or coaches who, uh, you know, train people to be successful in their lives, they will say, well, if you've got these three qualities in you, you're a giver, eh? You're a charitable person. You're a generous person, eh? You're awake to realities. And you are always, you know, appreciative. <laughs> what else do you want? You made it, okay? Allah says, Wala sawfa yarda. That was Abu Bakr. And you are going to be happy too. You know, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make our lives smooth for us and give us, you know, a, the, the, his pleasure. Wa akhir da'wana. And alhamdulillahi. رب العالمين